and welcome to The Works, a podcast by GST Michigan Works, where we explore strategies to attract and retain the best talent Michigan has to offer. So, without further ado, here's your host, Jesse Bilyeu. Welcome back to The Works Podcast. We're excited to have our guest here today with us. We've got Mackenzie Price Sundland, the Executive Director of Huron County Community Foundation. Welcome. Thank you. So I'm really excited to have you here, mostly because we attend different meetings together. And as I told you in the prep for this, I always enjoy your Mackenzie stories. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm, I've always been interested in the fact that you are a young professional who chose to move to a rural area to expand your career. So a lot of times on the Works Podcast, what we like to do is just, you know, ask that age-old question, Mackenzie, tell us about yourself. So tell us a little about yourself and how you got to the position you're in. Yeah, so how I got here is a very interesting story. So I started in community philanthropy actually when I was 11 years old. I became a volunteer at the Hillsdale County Community Foundation where I grew up on their youth advisory committee. And through that, I had the experience to be on the statewide youth grant-making committee, and then I interned at Council of Michigan Foundations, and it was during that internship that I decided I wanted to pursue philanthropy as a career. Wow. Um, And so as a senior in college, I'm doing what seniors in college do and applying for jobs and realizing that everything requires five-plus years of experience, Mm -hmm. but then I reevaluated the experiences that I had, and I realized that I was qualified for a lot of these jobs because I'd been in philanthropy at that point for almost 10 years. So I applied for the executive director position at the Huron County Community Foundation. Wow. It was the first full-time director that they had ever advertised for prior to me. They all had part-time. It was a part-time job. Okay. Um, So I applied, thinking that it was my stretch job, that I don't have a chance, but dang it, I'm going to apply anyway. Uh, And then the first time I was in Huron County was for my interview. The second time I was in Huron County was signing my contract. And the third time was right after I graduated college. I moved up four hours away and and started my job. Wow, that's fantastic. That's such a great (laughs) story. And really, you know, an important lesson that lies in there that being able to talk to you know, peers and, and of course, you know, I'm sure youth that are part of the youth advisory committee too, that, um, taking, turning it on its end and looking at your real life experience that it doesn't always have to be when you're just starting out that you really are just starting out. You can, you can shape your information about yourself differently in order to get yourself into a, the spot that you want. It sounds like your dream job, really. It, it, that was one of the questions they asked during the interview because, of course, I'm at that point 21 when I'm interviewing. Yeah. I had to move my college classes around to get up to the interview. And they asked me, so what do you want to be doing in five years? Um, and it was a prominent HR director of one of our large companies up there had yeah. sat in on the interviews. And I looked him dead in the eye and said this. Uh, at the beginning of my senior year, I filled out a senior spotlight that said, what do you want to be doing in five years? And my answer was being the CEO of a rural foundation. Yeah. Um, and so they, they didn't know what to do with me after I responded that this is what I wanted to be doing. The, the interview just kind of stopped. Right, right. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Well, I'm always excited to hear about the great things that you're doing up there. We talked a little bit about um, like the Young Professionals Network, um, which is really cool. I had some of our staff go because 
sadly I was not young enough for it. But I <laughs> got a lot of those complaints, Jesse. Pe- peeked in the window a couple times. <laughs> no, but I mean, I heard it was really that you have excellent turnout and it sounds like it continues to be something that will grow. I mean, what, what does the future of that network look like? It, so it was something that obviously interested me professionally, moving up there completely by myself, knowing no one. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, as I started having conversations with our local employers, um, they recognized that the faster we can get people that move to particularly rural areas ingrained in the community, have them get connections, have them know other folks, um, the higher the likelihood is that we're going to retain them because that's one of the larger issues that we have specifically in a rural workforce when you're looking at those um, highly trained positions. We're often a stopover, and they they come here and they get their experience for six months, and then they leave somewhere else. So our goal with the Young Professionals Network was really to enhance that retention rate by building a community and simultaneously showing the rest of the county that young professionals do live and thrive in the area. Yeah. So we're continuing to meet there. Um, it's one of the the projects that I really enjoy, both from a professional standpoint and also a, a personal standpoint. Yeah. So you kind of touched on briefly, and I know that recently. Um, the foundation updated their strategic plan. And so let's maybe talk a little bit about what the mission and vision and priorities are. And I know that talent retention is certainly top on the list. Talent retention is on the list. We did a huge strategic priorities process where we listened to, we did focus groups with employers. We did um, uh, one-on-one interviews with 25 different folks inside of Huron County that incorporated from um, education, agriculture, the community doer people, government, manufacturing, we kind of ran the gamut and we asked them trends that they're seeing positive and negative and and how we as a community foundation are uniquely positioned to address those just because we have the community base but we also have the business base and uh, we're kind of in that nice middle zone to help collaborate yeah so our three priority areas that came out of that were retaining and attracting a talented trained workforce which i know speaks to you um (laughs) The second one is creating dynamic and vibrant communities because we recognize that we want people to move here, so we want to create spaces where people want to live. Um, And then the final one was cultivating an environment for business development. Um, Many times, this is one of my favorite favorite sayings, is that talent doesn't discriminate geographically, but access to capital and resources often does. Mm -hmm. And so we really wanted to elevate our cottage businesses, our small business owners, our digital entrepreneurs that already exist in the county but don't necessarily see themselves as small businesses Mm -hmm. or see themselves as viable players in our economy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We wanted to provide them with the resources and start really building that culture um, to enhance that part of our existing um, economy. Absolutely. I was just in a conversation yesterday about um, developing new entrepreneurs and also supporting small businesses that, as you say, that's perfect, that they don't identify themselves Mm -hmm. as small businesses a lot of times, but need that support. And so many times I feel like, you know, in the, the workforce system, a lot of times there's a lot of focus on big number jobs, yep. right? Big corporations that are coming in. All those things are good, but you know what? where we see a lot of success in many of our areas, not just rural areas, really across the board, is you know what people always call them those onesie twosies, but it's the businesses that need that person. They're just going to add one person, and they've been babying this business for maybe three or five years, and now they're finally ready to entrust somebody you know, to come in and work with them in their, their small family organization. And um, it's the, those uh, positions I find so many times, um, 
I think there's there's sometimes a better chance at retention mm-hmm. because they're tied in so closely. They're tied directly to a community, and they they often spiral and snowball. So yeah. we've seen that with a few of the small businesses that we've had in our county that have kind of embraced being the small business as opposed to, oh, this is just like my side hustle, which, I mean, we're the generation of side hustles, so I get it. But uh, (laughs) we've seen people that it started with one employee, and then once they had an extra person to devote time and energy to it, it continued to grow and continued to expand. So it starts as a onesie, twosie, but ends up as a fivesie, sixie down the road. And uh, it just took that, that initial investment to wrap their mind around the fact that that was indeed what they are and kind of self-identifying as an an entrepreneur. Right. And having those resources and supports that are readily available for them locally. Yes. A lot of times it seems like, you know, well, sure, there's a system for that or yes, that exists. But when you actually dive into it and actually try to walk in that person's shoes, um, I know that you've probably done that work where then you can identify where there are significant gaps. And barriers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. One of the really cool things that I, well, first of all, I was looking through your um, annual report, and I love looking at those because it is such a cool collection of so many different community members. I mean, it really is an embodiment of community and education. Um, I saw that you guys awarded um, almost $100,000 in scholarships this year, and it sounds like you had a pretty cool um, opportunity to sort of bring those students together with some of the um, members of the foundation and community members and businesses, so... Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. So scholarships have always been kind of the sacred cow of community foundations. A lot of us, that's where our first sets of assets came from. And so that's always been very near and dear to community foundations' hearts. And so we didn't want to stop doing that by any means, but we wanted to make sure that the work we were doing with our scholarships was aligning with the rest of our priorities. So this priority of retaining and attracting um, a workforce naturally made us think, okay, we have this whole cohort of annual sponsors. And so these are businesses and corporations that support the community foundation's operations and become our partners through our work. So we wanted to connect them with our scholarship recipients, just because we're at about 50 scholarship recipients a year, receiving almost $100,000. And so if you're getting these folks that are getting medical scholarships. They're getting scholarships to go into advanced manufacturing or agriculture. Um, And I have this whole group of employers that are saying, hey, I need an engineer. I need this. I need that. Uh, We wanted to create a space that they could all come together. So we hosted our first scholarship reception uh, this spring where we invited the students, recipients, and their families, along with the donor families that are making our scholarships possible, our foundation board of trustees, which are 13 of the most diverse and delightful people, um, and then, of course, our business community and these annual sponsors to start making the connections. Our goal is to eventually make that an even more robust relationship. Um, I know a few of them did end up interning at one of our local companies um, this summer. Uh, We have one scholarship that's specifically for folks that are in med school. And so during the scholarship reception, I was able to sit the two recipients of that scholarship down with the CEO of one of our hospitals. And I saw one of them write down the date that these two students would be graduating from medical school um, to work on getting them back to serving our local community. Amazing. Core seed planting, relationship building. 
absolutely. From the start. And yeah. just uh, the awareness. We had a previous scholarship recipient speak at the event, um, and she is now a small business owner. And she talked about how she started a coffee shop and a, and a gym with her husband. And she talked about how that opportunity would not have been available to her in Grand Rapids. Oh, she yeah. immediately left after college and went to Grand Rapids because she wanted nothing to do with being in the thumb anymore. Yeah. Um, and she realized that there were so many more opportunities for her to use her creative side and her business side in the thumb yeah. uh, than there was in other places. So they actually came back and now um, she was able to tell that story to all of our young folks too, wow. which is part of that cultivating the business development side of things and getting those kids thinking, okay, maybe none of these corporations in the room is the right fit for me, but what can I do to add to our local economy on my own? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's a I always love it when I hear a story like that. I mean, I think there's a, a lot of us that, you know, went through that experience. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm leaving this small town. And then the next thing you know, you're like, you know what? I kind of like my, you know, sunny side of the street where I grew up. And it's it's not all that bad. And, uh, you know, so lifestyle can be defined as so many different mm-hmm. things to different people. Um, and I think I know the coffee shop you're talking about. They have great coffee. <laughs> so... Uh, But, you know, I guess the other thing that comes to mind um, as you're talking is that importance of having community members and and business leaders really tell their story to young people, you know, that it's not always a straight path on your career. You're going to try different things. You're going to maybe move different places and do different things. So creating a platform for that is just fantastic. And that's one of that's one of the reasons that I love community foundations is because we have such a wide range of touches. So we have the nonprofits, we have the educators, we have the students, but we also have our individual donors. Then we have our annual sponsors. And so there's really a great cross-section of people that we touch. Um, so I say that the majority of my job is just connecting dots, that my, my job is an elaborate game of connect the dots. Yeah. So it's who can I connect to address this issue? Who's already working in this space that can work together uh, just because we are kind of situated in so many different circles. Yeah. Wow. So as you look forward to the rest of 2019, hard to believe that it's already halfway gone. <laughs> right. Where did this go? <laughs> and, you know, into next year. I mean, what are the things that you are looking forward to most? Oh, so I think looking forward to most is continuing our work around placemaking. So we've done, we did a targeted placemaking grant round earlier this year. So placemaking for us is just better utilization of our public spaces. So that could be a mural on the side of a business. That could be additional resources in a park, whether it's bird watching. Um, we had a pickleball court that went in. Oh. Um, whatever's going to bring folks together, because at the root of talent retention, at the root of creating an environment for business is community. Mm-hmm. And so anything that we can can do to help grow that community, I think will inherently touch on all three pillars of our strategic priorities. Yeah. Um, so that's a really great place to start. Our goal is to bring some small business development um, Q&A workshop type things up to the thumb this fall um, after everyone's kind of wound down their cottage summer businesses, give yeah. them an opportunity to kind of do that building over the fall and the winter. Uh, so wow. those are, I guess, the, the biggest things that excite me right now. Fantastic. Well, there's great things going on in Huron County. We're so glad that you're there and part of the leadership that's driving that forward. Um, We love having you guys as a, a partner and we're looking forward to continuing to work with you. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks.